Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's great that you joined us in this episode today. We've been in a series entitled, What's Next? Not a question, just a statement of fact. What's next? Today's episode is entitled, Fulfilled Prophecy. It is the episode for Sunday, the 9th of May, 2021. We're glad you're with us today. This makes the 138th episode that we have posted here that anyone can listen to anywhere in the world, any time of the day, and as always, free. So we're glad you're listening in today. I don't know how you found us. We are one of the most banned podcasts by big tech that you could possibly imagine. So if you're here today, it is a divine appointment, and I'm glad you're with us. You know, Iron Mike Tyson, the boxer, once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Have you ever been punched in the mouth? I have. (laughs) Once when I was a kid out in somebody's front yard, somebody had gotten boxing gloves for Christmas or a birthday present or something, and they broke them out. So naturally, we all had to box. And that's the first time that I ever got punched. I don't remember being punched exactly in the mouth, but I definitely remember being punched. I think it was in the left eye, and it swelled up, and it watered, and all of that. I mean, I didn't like it. Once when I was a teenager in Germany, uh, it was one of the first days I was there, and it was in the winter. I guess I was about 13, yeah, about 13 years old, I think, and um, so, you know, it's snowing, and Being from Columbus, Georgia, outside Fort Benning, I had not seen a lot of snow, that's for sure. So I wanted to go outside, and there were kids in the local area building like a snow fort, you know, that you can hide in and and play army and that kind of thing. And so I attacked their fort, and while one of the bigger kids, I mean much older, (laughs) came after me, and, uh, and he started trying to fight with me, and my mom called my name out of the second-story window of our quarters in Germany. She called my name, and when I looked that way, man, that was his opening, and he gave me a roundhouse punch to the side of my head. (laughs) Man, that made me mad. My mom caused me to get hit. Anyway, she broke it up. All right, now, twice when I was in high school and played uh, high school football some, Twice, the coaches got the idea of breaking out the boxing gloves and having the teams, uh, you know, break up into small groups of, you know, 20 of us in circles, and two people would be in the middle, sort of like the Marines and the Pugil Sticks and and, uh, boot camp at Paris Island, that kind of thing, And, and we were to just slug it out. I mean, there were no rules. It was just fight, fight, fight till they blew the whistle. And actually, I found out I was pretty good at that because I <laughs> I don't know how, but I got the best of both people I boxed with. But you know what? I just, I don't like getting hit in the face, especially in the mouth. How about you? The other day, I was driving and I saw a sign for fitness kickboxing. Fitness, yeah, that's what I need. And kickboxing, I mean, that'd be something new and exciting, right? And then I remembered it would probably involve somewhere along the line getting hit in the face 
and I'm out. Now, you know, I think that every boy growing up needs to get punched in the mouth and punch right back. That's just shocking, Pastor Ed. How can you endorse violence? Easy. It's fun. <laughs> that helps a boy become a man. You know, I think a kid is deprived, especially a boy, if he hasn't been punched in the mouth, punched in the face, and, and given it right back to somebody. That is a, a rite of passage, so to speak, to becoming a, a young man and, and getting with it, knowing what's going on in life. So uh, if you've got a little boy, make sure he gets in a fight real soon. It'll be good for him. You know, don't let it go too far, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Now, it's the same idea as Murphy's Laws of Combat. Uh, one time, I, I mentioned that I lived outside Fort Benning. I went to Ranger Joe's outside Fort Benning. Some of you guys and even gals listening know where Ranger Joe's is in uh, Fort Benning on Victory Drive, right outside Main Post. Now, on Murphy's Laws of Combat, one of the combat laws is this. No plan remains intact after first contact with the enemy. Now, I've never been in combat, so I'm not trying to make anybody think I have been, but I've, I've listened to the accounts and read the accounts of, of many, maybe even some of you who have been in combat, and you can attest to that. Like, you can lay out the absolutely best battle plan, uh, and, and one of Murphy's other laws comes into play here. The only problem with that is nobody told the enemy what to do, so they do something completely unpredictable and unexpected. Because remember that war is war is for professionals, but war is filled with amateurs. Think about that. Anyway, it's the idea that no plan remains intact. But I want you to know something today. God has a big plan with many small details, and it's called Bible prophecy. And it has remained intact without change and has been being systematically fulfilled at each stage just as he predicted. Now, I'm not going to give you every Bible prophecy there is, but I'm going to give you many right here. And I want you to listen and think about what I'm saying. <clears throat> if you've been around the Bible and around the Christian faith for any amount of time, or, or even if you were of Jewish faith, you will recognize many of the things I'm talking about. Now, if this is new to you, it probably will be intriguing because you're going to say, that was predicted and it happened? Hey, listen, God predicted that Eve would have a son and through uh, his line, a savior would come and it happened. It was way down the road, but God predicted that right there in Genesis 3, 16. Look it up. God predicted the flood. You remember Noah's flood, a universal flood? It was not a little local flood somewhere like liberals try to say. It was a real universal flood. That's why geologists, if you press them hard enough, will have to admit, yeah, I mean, there's stuff on top of some mountains that shouldn't be there. Well, that's how it got there. God predicted the flood to Noah, and it happened. God predicted that Abraham, who was, uh, I forget the exact age, I think he was 90, he was old, 
way past the time to have a son. God predicted that Abraham would have his own son, and it happened. Israel, God predicted that Israel would go into Egyptian slavery for 400 years, and it happened just like God said. God predicted that Israel would walk right out of Egypt and be free in the land he promised to Abraham. And you know what? It happened. God predicted the Jews would go into a 70-year Babylonian exile, a captivity, not 69 years, not 71, a 70-year Babylonian captivity, and then be restored back to Israel, and it happened. God predicted the walls of Jerusalem and the temple would be rebuilt, and it happened. God predicted the Messiah would be born of a virgin, and it happened. The Messiah, the Savior, would come to Jerusalem on an exact day to the rebuilt temple, and it happened. That's the amazing thing of how the Jewish religious leaders in Jerusalem, when Christ made that triumphal entry in Jerusalem, how in the world did they miss that? Because they knew the prophecies, and it was the exact day they should have been looking for him. God predicted the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Not like Josh McDowell said, I love this, not $29.99, 30 pieces of silver. God predicted the Messiah would be with the rich in his death. And you know what? It happened. Jesus was buried in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Now, he was a very wealthy man. And it was predicted, and that's exactly what took place. Christ had no control over that. He had no control over being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. You, You see what we're saying? God predicted the Messiah would be crucified And this was, I I believe, about 700 years before this came into being as the way people were crucified, uh, were killed. The Persians invented crucifixion. And yet in the time of Jesus and his earthly ministry, do you know how the Jewish people uh, executed people capitally? With stoning. But God predicted the Messiah would be crucified. And you know what? It happened. Christ had no control over that. God predicted that he would be crucified, dead, and buried, but that he would rise victorious over death on the third day. And it happened just like God predicted. God predicted the Jewish people would return to Israel after they were exiled in 70 AD by the Romans. And you know what? Since the uh, 20th century, and especially since the rebirth of Israel on May, I believe I have the date right, May 14th, 1948, or maybe it's May 15th, I can't remember right now, But Israel was reborn. A dead nation was reborn as a nation 
a language which was as good as dead was rebirthed and given back to Israel. God predicted all of that would happen. God predicted the temple would be destroyed, but again, rebuilt before the return of Christ. Well, the Romans absolutely destroyed Herod's temple in 70 AD when they destroyed Jerusalem and exiled the Jews. But guess what? The Bible predicts, now this hasn't been fulfilled yet. This is yet future, but I'm certain it will be. The the Bible predicts that the temple will again be rebuilt in Jerusalem before the return of Christ. Now, did you know there's a group called the Temple Institute? You can look them up, templeinstitute.org, I believe is the address. Look it up. They are actively planning to rebuild the temple. If they could get the permission and clear the way, they would have done it yesterday already. They would have done this. Isn't that interesting? God predicted that Israel and especially Jerusalem would be hated in the end times by all nations. And do you know today it's hard to find a nation that will that will back Israel? Even our own country is progressively turning its back on the nation of Israel. Now, there are, are 60 major prophecies about the Messiah, about Jesus Christ, with about 300 details to those prophecies about the Messiah. And did you know that Jesus Christ fulfilled in detail all of the prophecies that had to be fulfilled to this point? Now, obviously, his return is yet future, but we are right up to date, right on track, And Jesus Christ fulfilled every single one of them that needed to be up to this point. Now, I know that some of you brilliant folks out there are probably thinking, yeah, Ed, but I mean, John F. Kennedy or, I don't know, some president or some other leader in the world could have have fulfilled. No, nobody else did that. Nobody even came close, all right? Nobody else could be said to have fulfilled the messianic prophecies to date as Jesus Christ has fulfilled those. One guy, I think he was from MIT probably, one guy who was one of these brainiacs on math. Now, I I would not know how to do this. Don't trust me with this part. I'm just going on his, his example. One guy who was a mathematician figured out that for any one person who ever lived in world history, anybody, for one person who's lived in world history to have fulfilled just eight, just eight of the 60 major prophecies, for them to do that, it would be equal to being able to do something that was rated at 10 to the 157th power. I don't even know what I just said to you, but if you know math, your mouth is hanging open right now. That's impossible. 
for any one person that ever lived in history to have fulfilled just eight, the possibility that would happen would be 10 to the 157th power. All right, a lot of us can't wrap our mind around numbers, so let me give you an example that that same mathematician gave. You ready? Write this down. If you took the state of Texas, let's say we put a wall all the way around Texas, right? And there's a reason we're going to do that. Because we're going to bring the biggest dump truck you've ever seen filled with silver dollars. And we're going to dump all of those silver dollars into the state of Texas. I, I believe it's one foot deep. Covering the entire state of Texas with silver dollars to a depth of one foot. Now, we're going to take you. Yes, you. And we're going to blindfold you. Now, here's the thing. On all those silver dollars, there's one silver dollar that's been uh, painted. We'll say it's been painted red. The rest of them are just silver dollars. But one of them is painted red. So that one red one is tossed into the state, and then we bring in the world's biggest bulldozer you've ever seen, mix the whole state up, right? So nobody knows where that one red silver dollar is, right? You get the picture? This is what the mathematician said is a good example of this. So the chance of me blindfolding you and you being pushed out into the state of Texas and picking up that one red silver dollar is the same chance of one person ever in world history fulfilling just eight of the 60 major prophecies about Jesus Christ that he fulfilled. Whoa, that's impossible, but Jesus did it. Wow. Now, listen, there's other prophecies yet in the future. For example, the Bible predicts not once, not twice, but many times in the New Testament that Jesus Christ will return to the air to rapture his church back to heaven. That is to, to lift us out, snatch us out of this world, and we go back to heaven with him. The Bible predicts in the future that someone called the Antichrist will set up a global one-world dictatorship in a seven-year period the Bible calls the Tribulation. The Bible also predicts that Jesus Christ will return not to the air but to the earth in what we call the Second Coming to destroy that government and set up the real global government, the real kingdom of Jesus Christ for a glorious golden age of a thousand years of peace on this planet. All right? So where are we? Well, hey, let me read you a, a Bible prophecy that's almost 2,000 years old, and I'm going to answer that question, where are we? Now, I just want you to listen to this. You, even if you have a Bible, you don't have to follow along. I want you to listen to this. I'm reading in 
what is called the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, written late, late, late in the first century by the apostle John. Yes, that John that was, you know, Peter, James, and John among the disciples. God revealed this to him, and he was told to write this down. Revelation 13, 1 through 18. Now, I'm just going to read through it, hopefully without comment. (laughs) And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. 
Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Now maybe you've heard that before, and maybe you're asking, so where are we in all of this? All right, this is beautiful, baby, right here. This is right off of Amazon's website. Go look after we do this podcast and you can read it yourself. I mean, it was right there on page one, like, I don't know, one, two, or three. Here we go. This is a quote off of the Amazon website. We're always looking for ways to make our customers' lives better. And one area where we spent time innovating is the customer shopping experience in stores. Today, our physical retail team is excited to introduce a new innovation called Amazon One. Amazon One is a fast, convenient, contactless way for people to use their palm to make everyday activities like paying at a store, presenting a loyalty card, entering a location like a stadium, or badging into work more effortless. The surface is designed to be highly secure and uses custom-built algorithms and hardware to create a person's unique palm signature. It's fast and easy to sign up and use Amazon One, and we're excited to hear feedback from customers as we begin to make it available as an option for them in a range of locations and for a variety of uses. We'll start and select Amazon Go stores where Amazon One will be added to the store's entry gate as a convenient choice for customers to use to enter the store to shop. In most retail environments, Amazon One could become an alternate payment or loyalty card option with a device at the checkout counter next to a traditional point of sale system or for entering a location like a stadium or badging into work. Amazon One could be a part of an existing entry point to make accessing the location quicker and easier. Wow. Now, is Amazon One the mark of the beast? I don't know. It may be paving the way for it, though. But I tell you this, it ain't good for the world. It's setting a digital trap. Did did you think about all of this as I read that? I'm told, I heard today, that there are select Whole Foods stores in Washington State, I think it was, where this is going to be tested and run. Now, I, I did note that they said it's going to use beside traditional ways of paying. So what I think probably this does is it begins to establish, um, you know, with ease, the idea that, oh, yes, this is normal and natural to have something on or in your hand 
to be able to buy and sell things. You see what we're saying here? So for all of the people that say, oh, no, no, your life's just going on. Oh, no, it's not. This kind of thing, especially note the idea of even being able to get in or get out or, or, you know, primarily get into a food store, for example, is tied into this. Wow. I don't know about you, but I mean, listen, for believers in Jesus Christ, it reminds us that all of these things, these kinds of things are already predicted. And it's like that that old song that Curtis Mayfield wrote, I think in 1965, People Get Ready. And I'm going to sing a little bit of that for you, not the whole thing. People get ready, there's a train a-coming. You don't need no baggage, you just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesels humming. Don't need no ticket, you just thank the Lord. So people get ready for the train to Jordan, picking up passengers coast to coast. Faith is the key, open the doors and boredom. There's hope for all among those loved the most. There ain't no room for the hopeless sinner whom would hurt all mankind just to save his own. Believe me now, have pity on those whose chances grow thinner, for there's no hiding place against the kingdom's throne. So people get ready. There's a train a-coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the diesels humming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Amen. When I see what the Bible's predicted and I read things like I just read off of uh, the what that's got to be the largest retailer in the world, I think, Amazon, right? And I read that and I'm thinking, well, there's no problem here. You know, that, there's nothing there that could possibly go wrong. Can you imagine if a global government and a world dictator could implement that type of system worldwide? Don't you see it? It's right in front of you. One of the richest men in world history has spoken of ways to give a digital identity to every person on the planet. And one of the possibilities is by actually using, now this is before COVID, by, one of the ways thought of is by using normal vaccine programs like malaria and polio and all that. By using vaccines to inject a, I don't know a lot about this kind of thing, but I'm just going to call it this, inject a bit of technology, literally, something into people so that people now have a digital identity. Doesn't it just sound wonderful? Until you think about it and you realize, well, wait a minute, if I could be chipped like my dog at the vet, I could be tracked and monitored and locked out. Think about that. Some have even asked, what if drones and bots 
could be used to enforce compliance to, to a global government. Some see the World Economic Forum and its so-called Great Reset. We didn't make that term up. That's their term. Go look online right now, today. Look up World Economic Forum Great Reset. Look it up. It's there. Now, the last update I had is there the world's leaders and economic leaders and just basically the leaders of the, of the planet are meeting in... Um, they're not meeting in Davos. That was where they were going to meet if they were meeting in January this year. That got moved to June, and they're meeting in Singapore in late May. That's this May, as in like about two or three weeks from now, this year, in 2021. And this is supposed to be the start of the big push to bring the world into a global government. Now, listen, for you skeptics, I'm not saying they're going to meet for three days and wham, bam, it's done. I'm saying they're going to do everything they think they can do as fast as they can do it. And we'll see what comes out of that initially. But it's, it's going to be a start of the big push to end the world's paper currencies and push the world into digital money. No more dollar bills, no more coins. No more checks, and probably eventually no more bank cards. And I want you to know this, and, and I want you to ponder this today and this week. Think about this. When you cash a paycheck at the end of a hard work week, I know that probably most of you put most of that in the bank, but probably many of us still get some paper money. And even if it's in the bank right now, in theory, we can get it out and we can direct where it goes, right? I mean, that's the, that's the idea. That's the way it's always worked. But when paper currency and coinage ends and the money is all made digital, freedom dies. Because if you don't play the game and you don't go along with what Big Gov says, as in global government, or maybe even just your nation's government, with a click of a mouse, uh, you could be defunded. You could be unable to even go into a store if you think about what I read that Amazon is doing. Because once government implements that type of thing globally, life gets hard. Now again, if you're a Christian, you're realizing, man, the, the rapture of the church has got to be so close. And we may still go through a lot of persecution before that. That's very possible. But yes, I think, I would not be surprised at all if the church was raptured at any point right now. And then that will create a whole new catastrophe and uh, uh, just, you know, worldwide problem for this global government to, to use in order to gain a chokehold on the world. I mean, that's, that's the whole point, in my opinion, 
of the whole pandemic and the government response and all of that. And you see more and more of that kind of thing in the world. Listen, if you don't know Christ, you do not want to be left behind and go through what's coming to this world. The pandemic was just, uh, I mean, it was like a kindergarten play compared to what's going to be coming to this world. Listen, you should call this number. I'm going to give you a number right here. You won't be calling me. You'll be calling those who will take the time uh, to actually help you understand some of this and make a decision for Jesus Christ to repent of your sins and believe on him as your Lord and Savior. Here's a number, 877-247-2426. Call while you still can. Now, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, the beauty of that is you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. It'll, it'll be great with Him. You'll be with Christ in heaven. And instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and all their losers and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and come over to His side and be welcome into heaven and eternity with God. That number, one more time, 877-247-2426. Now, if you are not wanting to call and actually speak with someone, then maybe you will chat with someone. Chataboutjesus.com chataboutjesus.com. Well, I thank you for listening to the 138th episode of This Week in the Word. I hope that it has been a blessing to your heart if you're a believer in Christ. And frankly, if you're not a believer in Christ, I hope it frightens you. And I hope that you will begin to seriously think about Jesus Christ and how he can save you from your sins and even deliver you from what is coming in the future upon this world. God bless you this week. If the Lord doesn't come first, I will be here next week with the next episode of What's Next. Please tell other people how to find this podcast at www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's the home of this week in the Word. God bless you. Bye-bye.